JD Talking Sports. It is Thursday, August 24th, 2017. JD Talking Sports, drop the G on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, subscribe on iTunes. Rate me on iTunes. All right, yeah, Isaac. Well, it sucked. I went to the doctor today, and my buddy, I didn't tell my buddy Bill that my elbow was swollen. Then he said, oh, it's probably tendonitis. I got a freaking bone spur. They did an x-ray today, and I have a partial tear. Well, they're not sure how big the tear is in my freaking tricep tendon. Let's go for PT tomorrow, MRI next week. And if they have to do surgery, they said it's three months. I can't lift. We're going to try the PT, see if that works, get it stronger. Because I'm like, fuck, I wanted to work out. I was going to go to the gym tomorrow. He said I could do biceps. Can't do triceps. Can't do chest. Can't do shoulders. Got to be careful with back. I probably could do some shoulders. Now, you know what? I don't know. It just sucks. And, it, well, it was bothering me. I guess it got to the point where it actually really, really bothered me. That's all she wrote about that, right? Sucky suck. Sucky, sucky, sucky. You know, something today I wanted to read. Cameron, James Cameron. The winner already broke one rule. Well, whatever. I'm, I'm looking up the... James Cameron calls Wonder Woman a step back. And I wanted to know what the hell he meant by that. He said she's an objectified icon and it's just, and it's just male Hollywood doing the same old thing. Yeah, all of the self-congratulatory back-patting Hollywood's been doing over Wonder Woman has been so misguided, he said in an interview with The Guardian. She's an objectified icon and it's just male Hollywood doing the same old thing. I'm not saying I didn't like the movie, but to me it's a step backwards. Then he pointed to uh, Sarah Connor, Linda Hamilton, as the female action protagonist. What a female action protagonist could be. He said, not about beauty icon. She was strong. She was troubled. She was a terrible mother. And she earned the respect of the audience through pure grit. And to me, you know, it's so obvious. I mean, half the audience is female. Married five times. Once married to Hamilton. He was actually married once to Oscar-winning filmmaker Catherine Bigelow. And he married actress Susie Amos in 2000 after meeting her on the set of Titanic. Being attracted to strong, independent women has the downside that they're strong, independent women. They inherently don't need you. Fortunately, I'm married now to a strong, independent woman who does believe she needs me. Four sequels to Avatar. Yeah, I need to see that. And they're going to... Okay. I guess we all can't be Sarah Connors. You know, we try, but we can't be. What are you going to do? I saw a great picture today of Conor McGregor's son dressed up in a suit. Looks like a little penguin, but it's cute. But very cute. Very, very cute. Yeah, Harvey Haddock's. How about that? 12 innings and lost. Lost, lost, lost. Still can't get over that perfect game on what you say. Rich Hill. Rich Hill, I feel for you, man. I feel for you something. And Brendan Nimmo, hey, playing well the last couple of games. And Michael Conforto today, Mets loss. He missed on a 95-mile-hour pitch in the fifth inning and dislocated his shoulder. Terry Collins like, for having such a good year, what a terrible way to go out. I agree. That sucks. And Syndergaard, <laughs> on August 15th, said, uh, first time he threw through 20 pitches, the best I've ever felt. Well, they're saying they're moving too fast. and not going to pitch for a little while. 
Oh, man, these guys just take forever. And D'Angelo Russell hopes Nets play with a chip on their shoulder. I want teams to hate us. Okay. I mean, hey, you know what? That draft pick's going anyway to Cleveland. So hopefully you can play that way and we'll see what happens. And, and Facebook is going to show some college football games, but the first game they're going to show is Miami of Ohio at Marshall. We'll be stream uh, September 2nd. That's a, that's a game I'm just dying to see. I mean, I can't wait. I, I, I mean, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see that game. That game is going to be awesome. No, it's not at all. Not even close. No, in the Powerball, we didn't win. And one, one woman won, though. Good for her. And it looks like if Deshaun Kaiser p- plays well against Tampa on Saturday... You know, unless he has a shitty game, he will be the opening quarterback September 10th against the Steelers. And it sounds like they might be trying to trade Brock Osweiler. But I guess we'll see. Deshaun Kaiser, huh? Comes out, 52nd pick in the draft, and bam! They're gonna, so Facebook's going to live stream 15 college games a season beginning next week. It's an agreement with Stadium, a digital sports network. Gives Facebook the rights to six Madden West games and nine Conference USA games. No offense to those conferences, but Miami of Ohio at Marshall doesn't get me Jones in to watch some football on Facebook. At all. At all. It makes me want to say, I don't want to watch this. And Brock Osweiler won't play Saturday in the Browns-Bucks game. They're going to keep him, you know, know, in case something happens to Kaiser. But I really think it's because they don't, they've seen enough, they really don't care, and we'll see what happens. They got a second-round draft pick out of it. Andrew Luck doesn't look like he's going to start the first game of the season. I guess we'll see how that works out. Listen to this. The Brown, Brown, Browns have, have, haven't had a quarterback play a full season since 2001, a 15-year streak that serves as an NFL record. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Full season since 2001. And you got Chad Henney who's going to start. Blake Bortles is going to start. And it looks like Chad Henney is going to be the starting quarterback for the Jaguars. And I was thinking, why not let freaking... Why not let... Bring Kaepernick in. Why not? I mean, Chad Henney's your starting quarterback? Come on. And uh, Familia could be activated before Friday's game. Tomorrow's game. How about that? That'd be kind of cool, right? It's really going to help the Mets, you know? And and check this out. So Broncos are going to go with Trevor Simeon. Paxton Lynch is going to be backing up. He becomes the third first-round quarterback since 2008, joining Tim Tebow and Johnny Manziel to fail to win his team starting job by the start of the second season. But they said, hey, Trevor Simeon is the kind of guy you want to, can make you pretty good. You know, gets jobs done, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Defense should be good this year. Not bad for a guy who came out of Northwestern and didn't even play that much in college. He is the starting quarterback after Peyton Manning. Imagine that, Trevor Simeon. He didn't play, you know, he played great last year, but he played some okay football. They kind of, uh, Tank to the end. But I think Vance Joseph is going to do a good job for the team. I think he's going to get the job done. And I got to check out uh, Bears running back Tarek Cohen, 5'6", 179. Said he has a little Darren Sproles in him. Bears, they said he could be a good guy for the Bears. Valerie is sending me, I guess she's eating oysters tonight, which is good for her. I think oysters are a wonderful food to eat. It's alive. It's interesting. She won't eat sushi, but she'll eat oysters. And it is a fish. It is kind of raw. It is kind of alive. 
I gotta ask her about that one because I would think, you know, hey, what are you gonna do? And I love what Bill Belichick says. He was asked about guys feeling pressure to make the roster this time of year. He goes, there's pressure every week. This is going to be pressure. There's going to be pressure in October. There's going to be pressure in November. We're going to be under stress all week, every week. We're going to be under stress out of the field every week against every opponent playing in the National Football League. That's what you sign up for. If you're looking for vacation weeks and weeks off where we play some Division Four team and all that, that doesn't happen in this league. There's stress every week. So is there stress in training camp? Yeah, there's plenty of it. There's stress on the coaching staff to get the team ready, to pick the right players. There's stress on each player to establish his, his role or to make the team or play for playing time, whatever it is. I, I love the way he talks. Whatever it is. There is stress on everybody and there is stress on every team. We're not in any different situation than any other team in the league is and every player on every one of those teams is having the same thoughts that our players are having, I'm sure. One way or the other, either the guy who th- the guy, the guys who think they're on the team are trying to get ready to have a good year, and and there are a lot of guys who aren't sure whether they're on or they're not on, or what the role is, and there are a lot of coaches who don't know the answer to that question. Crazy, right? It's, I love this stuff. <laughs> We're trying to figure it out, so there is no right answer at this point. It's still a process. But there is pressure every week in this league. If there's too much pressure in August, it's probably going to be too much pressure in November. This is the world we live in. I like that. I like that. Because this is from Albert Breer. And I liked it because it made me think, you know, Hugh Jackson's going to start to Sean Kaiser on Saturday. And why do, why do the Bears want to check out Mitch Trubisky with the first team on Sunday? It's easy. Play these guys and see how they compete with the one, one-off one shot at playing time. If they can't handle it, like Belichick said, you know, it probably isn't a good sign on how they handle October or November as a starting quarterback. I tend to agree. Albert Breer, very smart stuff on MMQB. I love that. Yeah, there is a lot of stress. And that's the thing. I was watching, you know, you watch Hard Knocks, and the guys were talking about getting cut. And he goes, you can get cut at any time. And you saw the quarterback from... The Bucks quarterback, who's a rookie out of Colorado, you saw a look on his face like, shit, man. Even when you make the team, they could cut your ass. They could cut your ass any day, any week. So it's not like you made the roster for game one and you're set for the season. Boom, you're gone. It could be that quick. And I wanted to see where Tariq Cohen went to school. Because I was kind of curious. I, I don't I remember the name and Tariq Cohen. So he went to, I think he went to Cal. Oh, I'm sorry, he went to North Carolina A&T. Miak's all-time leading rusher 2016. Walter Camp, All-American 2016. And he was drafted in the fourth round this past draft. 5'6", 181. Wow, he made a lot of freaking. Wow. Wow. He became the first A&T freshman to break the 1,000-yard mark and only the third freshman in MEAC history to do so. 
get a hell of a year. 2014 over 1,300 yards, 15 touchdowns, both been the second highest single season totals in A&T history. Oh, there's a, there was a YouTube video of 2015 before the season start. He did simultaneously doing backflips while catching the football. He had 295 yards and offensive MVP recognition at the 2015 Celebration Bowl. 295 yards. Jeez, that's a... Over 1,500 total rushing yards that year. 15 touchdowns again. Wow. He had a hell of a freaking year. Meeks, over 5,600 yards. And the first player in school history to break 5,000-yard mark. He won the Deacon Jones Award and finished fifth for the Walter Payton Award. Also set a single-season touchdown record, 19. And, uh, single-season touchdown record, 19. But that's tied the, the single-season rushing touchdowns record with 18. Also holds school records in rushing touchdowns, total touchdowns, and total points at 56. 56 rushing touchdowns, 59 total touchdowns, and 339 total points. Yeah, had over 1,000 yards rushing every year. Last year, 1588, 18 rushing touchdowns. Also had 37 catches, 339 yards. So every year he improved 7.5 yards a carry. All right. He was at the... One of four athletes from a historically black college was at the scouting combine. Shortest running back in attendance. Ran the third fastest 40 among the running backs at 4.42. So the guy can run, man. And the, he was one of three non-FBS players taken by the Bears in the draft. The first time since 2002 the team took three non-FBS players in one draft. They said he's going to play, man. They said he's a guy to watch out for this year. All right. thought that was kind of cool. Wanted to read a little about him. I'm going to be rooting for him this year. Like I, I, Valerie said, would you, you know, I, okay, I'd wear the Jalen Smith jersey. I'd wear a Tariq Cohen jersey. He's not Jewish, though, is he? He's one of the chosen people. I don't know. Diamondbacks are 21 games back in the standings right now. Well, as of yesterday, going into yesterday's game, 21 games back of the freaking Dodgers who are on pace to, for, to challenge for the major league record, 116 regular season wins. And they have never won which I didn't know. They, they're they actually wearing jerseys uh, with the slogan, win an inch, because they know that they're not going to win the division, the NL West, but they feel that they can make the wild card. And, you know, if they meet the Dodgers, it'll be 0-0 when the series starts. You never know. 21 games back. They haven't made the postseason either since 2011. And I don't think they've ever, yeah, yeah, definitely the place in 2011. And right now they would play the, they would host the Rockies in a wild card game. Yeah, and Terry Collins on Syndergaard. I think we're kind of pushing it maybe a little fast, wanting to get him back. So we're just going to delay it a day or so. And Stephen Matson went successful surgery to decompress and reposition the ulnar nerve in his left elbow. I mean, I'm reading this stuff and I'm thinking about my freaking elbow now. Sucks, man. 
Well, I'll know more tomorrow, but I want to start lifting. Yeah, I really do. That'd be awesome. And I love what Rich Hill said after the game. You know, he gave up the, the game-winning home run, top of the 10th, bottom of the 10th. And he said uh, it, he wasn't feeling sorry for himself on Wednesday. He did not do his job against Harrison and paid for the mistake. It falls on me on this one. One bad pitch. I like. What, I was like, all right, man. You screwed up and you took uh You said, okay, my bad. Now, it's interesting that they're saying the... Is McGregor safe fighting Mayweather? Ringside physicians say no. This is Joe DiPaolo, New York Times today. And they're saying the the Association of Ringside Physicians, this is a group of more than 100 ringside doctors who members have decades of experience and you know have worked hundreds of major bouts in New York, Nevada, and other jurisdictions, is arguing that McGregor is overmatched by Mayweather, is 49-0 and considered the best boxer of his generation. All right. Also, they're going to weigh 8-ounce gloves instead of 10-ounce gloves, and they're thinking that the lighter gloves will make for more powerful punches, especially for McGregor. So, hey, I guess we'll see. They're saying over $60 million in tickets have been sold for the fight, which means Nevada stands to receive in excess of $4.8 million, with the Athletic Commission topping out at one point two. But the chief executive, um, but they're claiming... They're claiming that the commissioners of Nevada Boxing Commission says it's, as a regular, I take offense to the fact that we're, pro- that we're approving this fight for fiduciary reasons. That's only unfair, and it's simply not true. Really? Well, the state's going to make upwards of 4.8, do the math, $6 million. Yeah, but it's just, no. $6 million is a lot of, lot of shekels, folks. A lot of shekels. Do I feel he's overmatched? No, I, I think he's, a, he's, a, he's an athlete, and I think he, he is, can't wait for this fight. Cannot wait. It's going to be good. And Eric uh, McGracken, a lawyer who publishes the blog, Combat Sports Law, questioned whether Nevada regulators were able to put fighters' safety first when they profited from the events themselves. He said, commissions exist in an inherent conflict of interest. They're designed to look after the health and safety of fighters, but they rely on keeping a percentage of gate receipts. They ultimately have a financial stake in that. Of course they do. You don't think that this is a fight that's going to generate how much goddamn money? You really think so? State receives 8% of the gross revenue from every ticket sold at a boxing event in Nevada, and the commission gets 25% of that amount. Yeah. Are you crazy? And they're going to, the money, $60 million in tickets sold for the fight? Please. It's all about money. You can say whatever you want. Oh, we care about the welfare of these guys. Bullshit. We like making money. We, we, there's a lot of money to be made, and we're going to make the money. And yeah, we, we, we care. Well, yeah, we care about our fighters. No, you don't. You know, there's no union. There's no, for the fighters, they don't get anything. There's no, like, you know, like retirement fund, you know, and there should be something. Because all these fighters have a lot of problems. A lot of them end up broke. And also, listen, this $1 million bet placed on Floyd Mayweather at MGA Sportsbooks moves him to a 600, uh, minus 600 favorite. Vegas better, yeah. Yeah. Mayweather, it's saying here, minus 550, largest wager for the fight so far. One million on, on Mayweather. One million. What if, who knows? And Kobe is challenging Isaiah Thomas to make all NBA first team next season on Instagram. Mamba mentality. Okay. Kobe, that's good. I, I think he's going to be hungry, though. They're also saying how t- television ratings for football have gone down. You know, they blame last year the president election. 
and the absence of recognizable stars like Peyton Manning. But a lot of people were pissed at the goddamn players kneeling. And Andrew McCarthy is a contributing editor at National Review and a former federal prosecutor, seemed to speak for many disaffected fans. He wrote on Twitter this week that the anthem protests have made him less interested in watching NFL games. He justified his decision this way. Because I am like millions of people who love football as an escape from politics, but won't if it no longer is. So it's an escape. Makes me feel very ordinary. Dude, if that's your problem, because a couple guys... That's the, what they, how they feel that they have to protest. And if you think it's a politic thing, that's okay. But a lot of people do. A lot of people were furious with Kaepernick. And they said they stopped watching football. I'm like, good for you. Don't watch football, dude. Watch something else. Yeah. And uh, what, what's his name? Keith. I, I read this also from another fan. Um, Keith uh, Saroyce, a restaurant executive and Lions fan, Ascadella about the protest was unconvinced. He said, why he wonders as the league crack down on how players celebrate in the end zone or how they wear their uniforms yet not require that players stand for the anthem. He was not opposed to the players' messages. He just did not want to see them expressed to the game. Well, you know what? I feel like, you know, yeah, I guess that is, you know, it is before the game. You can't make players stand. You can't, I mean, I think it's a, yeah, it's a freedom of uh, expression. But then again, there's not, they don't let the players... Yeah, it's an interesting point. I think you're going to get a whole fucking lot of problems. You start telling them who has to stand with... Well, they do tell them what to wear. That is a good point. Makes me think. A lot of people just didn't want to see it expressed at a game. Hmm. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. And also, a lot of t- uh, college football teams and NFL teams are working on uh, rugby tackling using more shoulders as, a, as opposed to leading to the head, which leads to all the head problems. And one of the teams that works a lot on their tackling is Bama, which has been the nation's second most efficient tackling team over the past three seasons behind Air Force. 1,845, t- oh, last, uh, last three seasons, Clemson Tide only had set 273 missed tackles, well below the FBS average of 349, 350 during that span. Uh, and when Saban sees coaches teaching defenders to send their shoulders into the thigh, he wonders how a tackler can generate power when bending that low. There's no game that anybody plays bent at the waist on their toes. But Seahawks actually used that technique, and it helped with Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman. But it was interesting to read all this stuff, like teaching new ways to tackle and everything, like more like a hawk. The, the Seahawks have done more of a what do they call it? More of a hawk technique. It was, it was kind of interesting. They do a hawk tackle in which the defender hits the ball, car- ball carrier's thighs with the shoulder, grabs him, neither spins him or throws him down. Yeah. Interesting. It was just interesting to read. And Last Chance U is not going to be at EMC Eastern Mississippi uh, Community College. They're going to be at Independence Community College in Kansas next year, which is coming off. Uh, I was kind of pissed. I was like, really? Yeah, I was like, really? I, 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 I'm kind of a little upset. I wanted them to be, to stay there. I want them. Come on, man. That's what I, I, I liked. I liked them. I wanted to see what they were going to do this coming season. You know, I was getting to like the coaches and the team and the yeah. I don't know. Will I watch next year? Yeah, probably. And Mets manager 
Terry Collins, future murky at best. People assuming there's no way he'll be back. That's John Heyman. Listen, I mean, just a shitty year. Just a shitty, shitty year. That's a cute picture. I'm going to put it up tonight with uh, Conor McGregor's kid in sunglasses and a blue suit. And James Gunn, who did Guardians of the Galaxy, is going to do a Starsky and Hutch reboot. Do we we need a Starsky and Hutch reboot? Really? We do? We need it? No, I don't think so. No mas. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Dallin Batances drills Tiger's James McMahon in head with 98-mile-per-hour fastball. He said it was a breaking ball. Three bench-clearing balls. Eight players ejected. And they said, yeah, in which I saw Gary Sanchez appears to sucker punch Miguel Miguel Cabrera in head during brawl. He's going to get suspended. And six home runs in the last, so wait, seven home runs, six, six home runs in the last seven games. It's in the shit of the ball, man. Yankees are going to play this. They will host the Mariners this weekend. Mets, fucking Mets suck. Mets said, what are they, they're, uh, Two and eight to the last ten. Giants, Jets, seven p.m. this weekend. U.S. Open starts Monday, and Rafael Nadal is number one seed, first time since since two thousand ten. A lot of guys out though. Crazy, right? Yankees and the Yankees could probably have to deal with a lot of suspensions too. A lot of suspensions. But Tenses took the loss today, three and five. Crazy. James Cameron, a step backwards. Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> Just shut up. Just shut up. Yeah, Andrew Luck, I'm likely to play week one. How about that? Uh, Yankee, so Yankees are 10 games over. CeCe's going to pitch tomorrow night against Seattle. Garden went 4 for 5 today, 257. Freaking Sanchez now, 278, 27 home runs, 74 RBIs. And how you know how hot freaking Judge started? He's only got eight more RBIs now, uh, Judge, than Sanchez. And Judge did strike out again today. Yeah, struck out today. Really sucks about... Um, Kind of sucks about Conforto. He's having such a strong year. And Cespedes, 17 home runs now, 42 RBIs. Little too little too late. Tough man, Conforto, man. Stay down for 40 seconds. That sucks. Colin says, it turns your stomach. A player was having a tremendous year, really making a name for himself to go down like that. And that kind of injury is tough to watch. I agree. Tough to watch. All right. That's all she wrote for tonight. Let's do a little. We've got a little trivia question, right? We got, do we have trivia? Oh, yeah. Of course we have trivia questions. We have trivia questions for tonight. Okay. Last night's trivia question. What NBA team started the playoffs 8-0 in two straight years? Cleveland Cavaliers, 2016-2017. Tonight's trivia question. Who is the NCAA basketball career scoring leader? Who is the NCAA basketball career scoring leader? Okay? 
Yankees, tough loss, going to be some suspensions. Looks like Gary Sanchez is going to miss some games, and that's going to hurt them. They got to destroy Seattle this weekend. Must they need a sweep? That's what I'm going to say. Mets, season's over, folks. Michael Conforto hurt again. Cespedes, let the young guys play. Let's see what happens. But I'm really pissed. Conforto was having a monster. What a great year. Set a record for home runs. What are you? 15 last year, 27 this year. Great year. CC, we need to win tomorrow night. Snoopy Bowl Saturday. Miguel Cotto fighting. Miguel Cotto fighting on Saturday. And so, the biggest fight of the year. Will it be great? I don't know, but I am excited to see Connor and Floyd lace up those 8-ounce gloves and beat the shit out of each other. But Connor, keep it professional. Keep it professional. Don't use your feet. Keep it all in those hands, my man. Folks, have a great night. I'll talk to you soon. Peace out. Love you all so, so much.